Rich, you did you go to Lidl for the first time this week, or very imagined that someone I knew went to Lidl for the first time Not this week? Not the first. I'm a Lidl, I'm a Lidl regular. <laughs> yeah, don't make me seem like an out of touch <laughs> waitress connoisseur. Yeah, Lidl is my go-to, and actually, I've bad. I've been going to Sainsbury's and Tesco, which is bad, and I live near the worst Tesco in Britain as well. So it is a bad habit because you do spend so much money. Explore the stories of the week with me, Jokes. And me, Eleanor. As we take a journey into the dirty and sometimes quirky world of the internet comment section. We're going from relying on professional journalists to looking at the grassroots of commentary to get an uncensored perspective on what the public really thinks. Are we? Are we? We are recording. Oh, right. Sorry. Um, you do it so subtly, which is good, actually. That's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, actually, I have put a link, uh, like a quote up in front of me, which it says, we generate fears while we sit. We overcome them by action. Ooh. By Henry Link. That's interesting. It's actually a quote that you would have got as well through the uni email. Oh, I do not, I have to say, I see any of those emails and they go straight to the bin. <laughs> They've always got too many words on it. There's too many words and not enough pictures. <laughs> see, when I get a motivational email that doesn't actually mean much, I look, look at it and read it. And then when it's actually helpful, I probably do what you do. So maybe we've got our email priorities around the wrong way. Maybe, maybe. Tell me about your week anyway. How's it been? <laughs> Good. I went for a solo walk in some traditional places the other day. So I'm moving around, I should stop that. Um, I went for a walk around some traditional places, including Hyde Park. And actually, the reason I was there was because I went to the old BBC television centre to see what they've done with it. Oh. So to see how they've redeveloped it, just out of interest. And then I walked to Hyde Park and Green Park, but what I found, and this is such an annoying development this week, and I need to stop it, is I was buying loads of sandwiches. I was getting really hungry constantly, and I was buying a sandwich and then it wasn't enough, and I keep trying to make decisions in cafes where I would be buying something that's cheaper, and it will end up making me buy another thing somewhere else, and I was then getting really worked up on the money, and (laughs) but it was a lovely day. (laughs) It was a lovely day. And I did get something that was also made me feel guilty because it was like I felt really unhealthy having it. But I almost was like thinking so long about these options. I just went for this other option in Leon, the sort of uh, healthy fast food, yeah. healthy and inverted commas fast food. Yeah. And it was like vegan cheesy chips or something. And I, yeah, I just I don't know what was going on with me, but I was splashing out. I mean, I feel like people have been splashing out this week because we've had a teaser of summer, like a teaser trailer of summer, of what could be, mm. of what's in store for us this year. That's true. So I feel like we've all had that mentality of, we deserve it because we've been in the indoors in the cold and the freezing and the in the sadness and the, the melancholy. <laughs> That's true. And actually, I was about to try and I saw everyone, literally, I would say 20% of the people I saw 
around this area has Whole Foods Market reusable bags. Yes. I've never been to Whole Foods. I know it's an American thing. I know it's owned by Amazon, weirdly. Yeah. And I went there and I was like, right, I'm going to go in there. And luckily I couldn't because then that would have been another snack to add to the party. Oh, and the prices there are extortionate. You need to take out a mortgage. Well, that's what it seemed. And it looked like a waitrose on steroids steroids it looked like an actually like a showbiz version of waitrose so there was like an american kind of twang to that subtle british attitude in waitrose but um have you ever been in one i have been in a whole foods um it's not a regular habit as i'm not made of money <laughs> mm. um i'm more a little regular Little on yeah. prices. Um, Rich, you, did you go to Lidl for the first time this week or very imagined that? Someone I knew went to Lidl for the first time not this week. Not at first. I'm a, I'm a Lidl regular. <laughs> yeah, don't make me seem like an out of touch. <laughs> Waitress connoisseur. Yeah. Lidl is my go-to. And actually, I've, ba- I've been going to Sainsbury's and Tesco, which is bad. And I live near the worst Tesco in Britain as well. So it is a bad habit because you do spend so much more. But anyway, enough about my expenditure. How about you? What has been going on with you? I I feel like, as I said earlier, I feel like I've been a bit zonked this week. Um, mm. I've been a bit tired from just life. You know, you get to that point. Um, and But I did enjoy the sunny days. Many are sitting on a... There was something nice. We went... Uh, well, you were with me at some point. We were sat on um, some lovely London greenery at times and it just felt like it was like a glimpse of summer. And there was like that buzz, that hum in the air, you know, when there's a a large amount of people socially distanced Mm. on the whole. Um, And you could just feel that buzz, that energy. And I just really like, I think I really needed that. I needed to see that. Mm. I needed to, to feel that. Maybe um, that was exhausting, weirdly, as well. Maybe, yeah, maybe, like, navigating a bit more of normality is exhausting. And I think it will mm. be exhausting to come. Um, so that was that. And then we're both filming um, respective documentaries, and that has taken mm. up some of my time. Um, and, um, yeah, been filming filming that. So everyone mm. watch out for a, a menopause documentary. <laughs> Exactly, and a high-rise documentary. (laughs) Two quite different. Very different. Well, maybe there's ways to link them, and that'd be quite interesting maybe to find. Maybe that'd be a new segment of this, linking those documentaries. The menopause and (laughs) high-rises. Send us how you think they can be linked. Yeah. (laughs) And the closest link wins a prize. A uh, cameo. A cameo cameo on the documentaries. Right, enough jibber-jabber. I think we should begin this fourth episode of Comment People. This is a newspaper article. And this comment is by Real Bloke Beer Drinker. He comes from Chester. And he wrote it moments ago, which meant earlier this morning he said left devastated i seriously worry about the iq level of the nation if that is true the emperor has no clothes people wake up this pair are as funny as a lockdown announcement oh oh 
beer drinker. What's he called? What's his name again? Real bloke beer drinker. Real bloke beer drinker is not happy with the left. Um, I oh. no. No, I, I, yeah, actually, I no, yeah, keep going. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so it's about a duo. Yeah. And the left are not happy with this duo. Well, I think you may have misheard me, or I okay. may have said it wrong, which is more likely. Okay. So he's been left devastated. Oh. No, no, no. Sorry, he hasn't. <laughs> no. He is quoting. It's early. He's quoting, left devastated. So he's left devastated? I seriously worry about the IQ level of the nation, if that's true. The emperor has no clothes, people. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> This pair are as funny as a lockdown announcement. <laughs> oh, is this to do with um, April Fool's Day? <laughs> was, it a, was it a joke on April Fool's Day that Ant and Deck switched to Deck and Ant? You're you're very close. And you're very close. I don't know how you've done this. <laughs> I thought this would be a really difficult one. Not that I was trying to make it difficult. You purposely try and make them very difficult. <laughs> um, yeah, on April Fool's Day, they like wrote a tweet saying, like, after X number of years working together, we've decided to, and you think it's going to say, like, part ways, but really they say change from Ant and Deck to Deck and Ant. And, um, yes, I did see a headline saying that people were a, a bit that the joke had backfired or something but I didn't I didn't really read it. I wasn't too invested in the story to want to read into it but do tell <laughs> do tell <laughs> well in some ways you're right but actually the story is different oh I did hear about that as well and somehow yeah it did backfire I think people get really upset about um things like that probably be like if Marks and Spencer said they were Spencer and Marks or something. <laughs> so this is actually about the end of Saturday Night Takeaway Ant and Dec's big show so the newspaper put it's been a privilege and a pleasure Ant and Dec's Saturday Night Takeaway viewers are left devastated as current series ends after it made a triumphant return amid Covid crisis oh Oh, I so, so I got the right people, but not the right story. That's a bit of a coincidence. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I don't think we've had that before. No. Yeah. We'll have to refer to the rule book later. I did catch um, five minutes. I caught the last five minutes of the is it called Saturday Night Takeaway. Mm. I've, I've never really watched it before, but it, it was just on. Um, and they were doing this sort of like singy dancey thing at the end and it didn't sound very good so i don't think i'd be devastated i don't mm. know maybe that's controversial because i know people love ant and deck or deck and ant so much they but do. i catching the last five minutes i'm not sure i'd be devastated it wasn't on again but again the quality of of television now can be so much lower because people are willing to take anything that's new right mm. and i guess maybe there's some sort of silliness isn't it all like made up of challenges and tasks and then they yeah. have that Stephen Mulhern guy who's like sort of the I wish this was my show kind of thing <laughs> I guess people love that it's like pantomime like you're saying I yeah guess. a release like a, a, a release from reality so maybe it's a good mm. thing 
but it's a public service. You could say Ant and Tech are a public service duo. Yeah, yeah, you could. <laughs> okay, well, well done, Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> For half getting it right. <laughs> Okay, um, so the next one I'm going to read is a newspaper newspaper comment. So a commenter on the bottom of a newspaper article. And I'm going to replace the place name with X because it'll give, a, it'll give the story away if um, I tell you the place name straight away. But... Nog Bad the Good, that's the commenter's name, says, <laughs> Let's hope the people of X have woken up at last. Labour hate the UK and do nothing for the law-abiding people of this country. They stand for the criminal and the corrupt fringe groups, especially the postal voters. Is this Hartlepool? This is Hartlepool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, in response to an article by a newspaper um, that said that Keir Starmer's latest Labour Party poll popularity has been uh, hit in Hartlepool of late. Mm. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, Dr Paul Williams is their candidate. And I did notice as well that there is three... Well, well, one's a funny third... <laughs> um, there's three le- former Labour MPs running in this Hartlepool election. There yeah. is Paul Williams, who used to be an MP and lost his seat in 2019. There's Thelma Matthews, I want to say. I know that's definitely not her name, but it is something along those lines. Who's the Northern Independence Party candidate? Yeah. She also used to be a Labour MP. And then there's John Prescott for the Brexit Party. It isn't actually John Prescott. Not the real John Prescott. It's It's businessman John Prescott. (laughs) It is businessman John Prescott. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, really interesting to see what happens. Peter Mandelson's former seat as well. Big leave voting. And the Brexit Party and Labour and the Conservatives were all within touching distance of each other last time. Yeah, well, apparently if the Brexit Party had not have run, then the Conservatives would have taken the seat. So this is, uh, I don't know, it's the, It's not like Labour were in a good position last election, so Kia's on very, Sekia, Sekia Starmer, mm. I'm going to start doing the first name thing, um, <laughs> is, on, is on tentative footing. Uh, and this is his very first test of his likability, it's his very first test of, mm. you know, his popularity. Yeah. Um, it's but definitely it's... going to be difficult for them because of the vaccine. Yeah. But I also think in Hartlepool, because the Tories have quite a weak candidate by their own admission, someone who's not really connected to the local area, um, they could just they could just hold it. Who knows? It is going to be so difficult. It is going to be difficult. And we will have to wait until May the 6th. To find oh, out. God. I can't <laughs> wait. I actually cannot wait. And Are I'm you... ha- only half taking. <laughs> have you have you re-registered in London or are you going to vote in another in your home your other home um, constituency? I will actually yeah, if I can, and I think I'll have to anyway, I will vote in Exeter. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I. Well, because I'm lodging, I'm not actually a full resident. Well, you mean you can't vote for Count Benface for London Mayor, which might not be. No, a bad I thing. know. I know. <laughs> Phoebe Waller Bridge, only a few votes away, I won't be able to live with myself. Your next comment. Okay, so this is a video from Twitter. And this is the response from Jez Russell. Jez. Or or Radio Jez, he calls himself. Brexit has gone so well that I think we should definitely listen to your opinions on things that are critical to the survival of our species. Oh... Oh, Brexit has gone so well. And this is a tweet. This is in response to a video. Yeah. Um. Again, you always pick a hard one. Um, I'm guessing this is someone who was a proponent of Brexit, released a video talking about the climate, is, is my logical deduction there. But I don't think I know. That is very good. I don't think I know which person that is referring to. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, I don't know the person. So this is Nigel Farage's. Sorry, I actually must say I am sorry. I didn't actually purposely pick these to be really abstract. (laughs) I need to spend some more time on de-abstracting. De-abstractifying. Maybe we can add into the rule book. If they're too abstract, then you're getting any points. Yeah, that is okay, okay. But we need an independent mediator to then (laughs) decide what is too abstract. Definitely. Um, Okay, so this is Nigel Farage announcing his new role at a Dutch company called um, DGB, which stands for... I can't remember. And Nigel Farage is now working for it. And basically what they do is plant trees to offset carbon. And, um, yeah, he's in the video like, uh, we've got to take it back from the climate extremists. <laughs> and it's like, he, he's basically pitching himself now as sort of um, on a crusade to save the environment. And some oh. may say, what is happening with this world? And he said, yes, he has always been an environmentalist because he famously voted for the Green Party in the 80s or something. Cause they, but it was because they were the only Eurosceptic party. And there's one thing for Nigel, that he has stuck to his belief in uh, Euroscepticism and later Brexit. But I do think that him saying he's always been an environmentalist is pushing it because UKIP were in denial of climate change, supported Trump, who was a climate denier. And he himself has tweeted about how climate change isn't real. So it is kind of a bit... Dilettante behaviour. It is a bit... (laughs) Well, maybe... Dilettante for climate, for a climate fad behaviour. I would say more like snake oil salesman-y behaviour. Because it's kind of recasting stuff. And I know a lot of politicians do this, so I'm not saying it's unique to Nigel, but it's quite easy to see that he has not always been this way. And he's sort of making out that he's always been this way. And it's like... (laughs) 
It no, it hasn't. But anyway, to, I mean, I have also read there's some questions over tree planting, carbon offsetting, whether it actually just lets companies off, kind of maybe, uh, kind of lets them off like doing carbon intensive stuff. But um, yeah, I kind of think that whoever gets on board with the climate because like the daily express had a big page the other day about supporting climate change action doesn't matter who the messenger is or who it is it's good that they get involved what do you think or do you think hypocrisy here does matter i think hypocrisy here does matter i think if you're not truly believing in it then you're not going to have a vested interest and do things the right way and i think i'll cut corners and plus, I don't think, I don't think his supporters would buy, I don't think his supporters would, by nature of Nigel Farage coming out and saying he's all for the environment now, I don't think they would suddenly shift their opinion on that. Mm. Or shit, like shift their focus to the environment just by virtue of Nigel Farage coming out and doing that. So that's but, does just it shift, opinion. but does it shift the wider conversation to the climate? I think it's a signal that, that I think it's a signal that the wider conversation is shifting, but I don't think Nigel Farage has shifted it. Mm. I think he's followed the curve rather than set any sort of curve. If you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, the caption to the video was, "We need to take back the environmental agenda from the climate extremists." <laughs> and it is just so surreal watching. Take the back. You love that word. Take back. As if we ever had it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's stealing a bit of a... He's stealing a Dominic Cummings slogan there. So actually, he's tricked us again by making him think he came up with that brilliant slogan. He is just a tricksmeister. Tricksmeister. (laughs) He'd be a good magician. He would. He would. (laughs) Well, anyway, yeah, I'm sorry about how abstract that comment was well but you were very close that was very impressive well my skills of logical deduction helped there i don't really have any skills of logical deduction you know when you do those quizzes for like jobs and stuff yeah um i'm really right i always score really poorly in them. what a scenario test well any you know like the personality test i think the worst thing is, is when you do like a job personality test and it tells you your personality is rubbish it's like, well, this is my personality. Like, you just hate me. Um... <laughs> well, yeah, we as a company do believe your personality's rubbish. You don't have the job, but good luck in the next one. <laughs> right, this is... Uh... And then this is always what the scenario we test where it's like, do you tell a manager, keep oh. it to yourself and just carry on, or cry? And you're like, which yeah. do it? Like, one shows emotional intelligence, one shows empathy, one, and you don't know what the right answer is, and I'm famously terrible at them. And therefore, I have a now complex that my logic ability is rubbish. Uh, no, absolutely. And actually, I always go with tell the manager. I'm always like, <laughs> I think this business just wants you to be like a constant reporter to the big bosses. But I always think that if you go and tell the manager, then it's like you're a bit needy and you're not very independent. That's yeah. my thing. Does usually end up right, though, I think. Or Does in it? my experience. Maybe this is where I've been going wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got to be quite simple with these things and just think, I'm never going to speak truth to power. I will be a loyal servant and you will hire me. Okay. Put that in the civil service handbook. (laughs) Really depressing uh, morning motivation there. 
<laughs> you want to say my co-star motivation, something like... Um... Oh, no, today was quite a good one. Caring for yourself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. That is a good one. I like that. The other day it was like, you're evil. (laughs) (laughs) It changes regularly with Coaster. (laughs) Right. I am going to go on to my next comment. So this is a Facebook comment, um, and it comes from a gentleman called Dan Holmes, who has replied to a video posted by a news agency or a news outlet, and uh, this is shared on Facebook. And Dan Holmes comments, as a volunteer litter picker in Leicestershire, or Womble, as we are otherwise known, this is absolutely infuriating. I often despair at the human race. Some of the things I have found whilst wombling are just ridiculous. This country has so many selfish people that do not care for our countryside or wildlife. What is so difficult about taking your rubbish home or finding the nearest bin? Tossers. Mm. That comes from So is it going to be a famous piece of... Famous piece of countryside. Is that even like a thing? This is such a famous piece of countryside right here. Um, It's a... You're sort of on the right lines, but think less one sort of individual places and many of these places across the UK. Is this just parks? This is just parks. full because of the sun? Yes. So Mm. this is in response to a BBC Yorkshire video of parks across Yorkshire, Moor Park in Leeds and Encliffe Park in Sheffield. Um, and it shows the aftermath of the days of sunshine we had mm. at the mm. beginning end of this week. And it does look a bit of a state. It looks like mm. many a reveller have left a bit of litter, well, more than a bit. Mm. And... Um, yeah, lots of people took pictures. It looks, it generally, generally looks like you know the aftermath of a festival. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people got very angry at this. Yeah. Rightly so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I sort of. I think people just start to think that, like, rule. <laughs> oh God, I was going to start sounding a bit authoritarian and law and order has broken down like what a bundle of fun i sound like when we're guys pick up your rubbish law and order has not broken down but um i think that actually no i probably would if i was with people that actually weren't at all i would be like should we not do this <laughs> you would be the sort of person who would go should we should, should, should you do it in like a really sort of like rhetorical like passive aggressive way should we should we should we do this <laughs> Should we pick up our litter, guys? <laughs> Rhetorically passive aggressive. <laughs> I don't think you could ever be aggressive, non passive aggressively. Not that you're hardly ever. I've actually hardly ever known you. Hardly ever known you. Hardly to be. ever. I want to know ever. what that 10% <laughs> passive aggressiveness is. Yeah. <laughs> when you want to play word. When. When. Oh, yeah. when, when Joe says maybe had a beverage or two he loves the game word association word association <laughs> and if no one wants to play he may get a bit passive aggressive about it 
which is regular because popularity for that game has dropped significantly. Popularity was never high for this game. Oh, yeah, I think it was when I first introduced it. But let's not get into the let's debate. Let's not go again into that. <laughs> let's not. Um, yes, so that was about the parks being um, littered after the teaser trailer of Sunshine we got earlier this week. Okay, so this one is a bit... So this might turn to... Okay, I'll just go for it. So this is a Twitter video that I was watching yesterday and I thought, whoa, there's going to be interesting comments to this. So it is... This one is in response to another video. Wait, have I really done a Twitter video? Have you got two Twitter videos? Have you broken the official constitution? Uh, this is a Facebook video, sorry. It's just because it's on a screenshot. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. So this is a comment, and I saw this, but I saw it on Twitter. That's what I meant. So I saw this on Twitter, but it is big on the old face Mark Zuckerberg's community. And I... Um, <laughs> see, that was an intention-seeker thing to do. That was a very egotistical thing to... <laughs> an egotistical way to phrase it. Hey, maybe chat on Mark Zuckerberg's community later? Do you mean Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Johnny W says, no matter how authentic your hashtag frustration, if you can't put down your beer to articulate the problem, we won't take you seriously. Hashtag protest, hashtag party. <laughs> Again, abstract. <laughs> But I'm going to take a punt at it. I'm going to take a punt. It is in reference to the protests that have been happening around Kill the Bill. Mm, you're right. You're absolutely right. So this is a video of Charlie, who's a 20-year-old student from Devon. He was in Bristol. Um, and he just was clearly... Had had some hashtag beers. <laughs> Attention seeking. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As Charlie may have been doing too, as according to quite a lot of comments, he couldn't really quite articulate, I think, what he was doing. And I think it seemed like he was having more fun than not. And I think, you know, some people saw that as kind of. I think maybe on both sides as kind of a problem because actually if you're trying to effectively raise and challenge a policy um, like the crime and policing bill, is it? Mm-hmm. Then people like... Then people who just kind of are joyriders are those that are going to ruin the movement yeah, and break it down. And I think some people were... Well, actually, I say some people. I saw no one make that point. So that's my point. <laughs> that's your own personal opinion yeah. there. <laughs> All of the other comments were basically anti these protesters and saying this re- this sums up the protesters. They're not taking it seriously. Imagine if this lot ran the country. A lot of the stuff that is inevitable and all of it about being middle class and out of touch and unemployed student, etc. So I kind of thought more the other end that actually maybe some people who are legitimately there challenging it in this protest in Bristol are being harmed by 
those who are passing and not knowing. Of course, maybe that's not what actually Charlie was all about, and maybe he does know, but I think it represents that potential problem. Yeah, and we don't want... I think it's such an important movement that I can understand why they are protesting. Yeah. Um, and I think it is a shame if people then ruin... Because it's just it's not just what they're protesting for, it's the very act of protesting. If we have... And the, it's very meta because that's the whole thing they're protesting about, right? And if you have people spoil protesting, then it gives it a bad name. It gives it turns people away from like a, a fundamental democratic right we have. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of the protests, and on a bit of a tangent, I watched um, the film The Trial of the Chicago 7 the other day mm. on Netflix. Have you seen it? No, but I know a bit about it. What do you think? I thought it was a really, really, really good film. And it was so weird that it came out, like, this year, like, amid, you know, everything we had with George Floyd, amid uh, the the bill, amid Sarah Everard protests. Like, I feel like it was so weird. Like, it feels very... Even though it was set in 1968, 69, it felt very pertinent for now. So it was just such a... It felt so resonant, and that, I think that's maybe what made it even better for me watching it, because I'm like, oh, no. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's about the trial of um, seven uh, sort of community organisers, student-led, student organisation organisers who organised um, protests in Chicago um, to, te- to bring soldiers back from the Vietnam War that uh, America was involved in. Mm. And um, they, and then along with the the, the seven organisers, there was also a uh, Bobby Seal, who was a black man, who was put on trial as well. And yet, that wasn't fair at all because he wasn't even really part of this organisation. And it follows the trial and how they were, how the trial was a complete uh, mess and very biased. And these men were treated awfully for mm. um, invoking their democratic right and that happened at the democratic convention the democratic convention uh to they were it was a nomination of humphrey right um and yeah that was happening in chicago in 68 very interesting it is a really interesting film i would implore you all to watch it i'm definitely going to give that a go that does sound really interesting just on another tangent from the tangent, <laughs> I was watching Bobby Kennedy for president and it just reminded me because you're talking about like the nomination stuff and it was about Jack Kennedy's brother, younger mm. brother, and his desire to have a political career and run for president. And it is really good as well. It's on Netflix and it's kind of him trying to step out of the shadow of his brother and he ends up getting assassinated as well so oh. <laughs> yeah. and this is a this is a dramatization or a documentary it's a documentary, documentary. but done in such a netflixy way that it feels like a dramatization they're good at that aren't they they are quite they're really good at that they are and that ends recommendation corner <laughs> that is recommendation corner a new segment on common Right, so if you were in a laundrette um, in London Fields this week 
What? Who would you want to speak to? Oh, I would. Okay, I would briefly, just because I think it would become potentially quite tiresome after a while. Very different to popular or popular opinion that is that this will be a fun meeting. I think actually a lot of people will quite quickly become tired of this individual. I would. <laughs> you're just like get on with it. Come on, Jace. <laughs> come on. I would say Nigel Farage, just because I would ask. I want to know the extent to which he is kind of moving or not into an environmentalist position and a new career. I'd ask him whether he'd want to ever go plant-based, become a plant-based maximalist. <laughs> and I would say, yeah, I would ask a lot of questions and but also keep it brief because I think it would become a lot about him. I think Which become... is kind of what I would want, but only too much. Not too much. And you'd what be able to suss out if he was a hypocrite or not. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I think that would be quite uh, interesting because he has been influential over these past few years without holding any position at all. <laughs> well, apart from an MEP. <laughs> um, what would you... So who would you... Who would you go to the laundrette with? So I'd be taken to the Hackney laundrette. Um, uh, on similar lines to you, politician, I'd be taking Keir Starmer to the Hackney laundrette and I'd be asking him, where's your mojo? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd be asking him when he wants to, when he's going to stop being a little bit of a shadow and, you know, she was a real opposition. Mm. Um, is that too political? Um, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd be asking him what his game plan is for if he loses Hartlepool. Because if they lose Hartlepool, then it's really not a good place for Labour at all. Um, because it's like the first rejection of it's now it's not just Corbyn that's the problem it's Labour that's the problem um so that's what I'd be asking Keir Starmer what his game plan is and when he's gonna up the ante Mm. interesting so Nigel and Keir maybe not together or maybe together question time in the laundrette that would be quite awkward I think actually I think if you had someone like Ed Ed Miliband, I was just trying to think of a kind of Labour figure that occupies that similar space, and Nigel, it would be less awkward. I mean, you know, Ed would have a joke, he'd have a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, yeah, I don't know how it would be. Anyway, sorry, this is Speculation Corner, which is boring. Speculation (laughs) Corner. (laughs) The listener does not want to hear Speculation Corner. And on that note... Um, we should wish you a happy week um, ahead. And um, that's it from us. Please, reviewers, we would mm. love reviews. We really um, do. On, I mean, we don't even care if they're bad. Review. We just want a, a review. Um, yeah. uh, we would love that on Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts. And then you can follow us on Instagram at people underscore or Twitter at commentpeople underscore. Absolutely. Leave us a review. See you next time. Bye.